Welcome to the Elements of Adventure podcast. On today's episode, I'll be sitting down with Alan Edwards, father, adventurer, and just all-around great guy. He's going to share a lot of pearls of wisdom with us about fatherhood, parenting, and just living an adventurous lifestyle. I hope you enjoy. If you do like what you hear, please stick around at the end of the podcast for some ways that you can support it. Thanks for being here. I am really, really excited uh, to meet with Alan Edwards. Uh, Alan has a really fascinating background um, and is doing some really cool things with social media. So the premise of this podcast is we want to break down the concept of adventure into its subsequent elements, its sort of ethos, what it is, um, how to access it, um, and to, to kind of take this this big grand idea and, and break it down into smaller digestible chunks. So to give a little bit of background on Alan, uh, Alan, you were a, a Grove City um, alum from uh, 2002 to 2006, religion poli-sci major. Uh, you went to RPTS, Reformed Presbyterian Theological Seminary, where you got an MDiv. Uh, he's a board member at the Kiski Area uh, Youth Network. He's also a part of the Armstrong County Foster Parent Association. Um, you've worked at Chick-fil-A, where you've done training, and you are a community engagement uh, specialist. Uh, you have been the, you are the Director of Operations for Flourish Coaching. Uh, you were a past at Kiskey Valley Presbyterian Church, and you were the Adventure Education Facilitator at Ligonier Camp and Conference Center, um, which is awesome. So obviously, a lot of people uh, skills and in your background and, and training and facilitation. So really excited to hear more about that. Um, first, though, let's start with what is your favorite outdoor activity and why? Yeah, yeah, that's, I love hearing that list of things. It's like, wow, I've really fooled everyone into thinking I know what I'm doing. Um, let's see. So I think right now in this season of life, my favorite outdoor activity is our annual national parks trip as a family. It is, it brings me so much joy to uh, leave our phones behind and take our kids into the national parks every year. We're working our way through, Lord willing, all 55 parks before we're dead. There'll probably be more parks by the time we get to 55. Um, okay. okay. But yeah, yeah. Our national parks trip is my favorite outdoor thing we do. That's fantastic. What is your favorite one you've been to so far? Acadia, hands really? down. Okay. I love Acadia National Park. I love Mount Desert nice. Island. Um, I love the little islands off the coast, little Cranberry Island and Islesford where a friend of mine lives uh, and fishes for lobster and pastors a little congregational church out in the middle of nowhere. I love the pink granite and bubble rock, which is like the wrong kind of granite to be up that high. Um, That's awesome. Yeah. And I love cool. Jordan Pond, seeing my son like scramble over rocks and stuff cool. i love acadia national park cool well i will have to make it a point to go out there while i'm in the northeast most most of my national park exploits have been out west but i need to i need to go up there that sounds that's so awesome. i'm i'm new to the national park system my okay. wife grew up doing national parks um but i did not start visiting national parks until i got married so i've got i think seven now we've been married okay. eight years okay I think I have seven national parks, but we have not done a Western swing. So we've been working our way through the, you know, the 10 or so that are here in the East and Midwest this year, uh, we're supposed to go to uh, uh, Mammoth cave. And ah. Spring. So those are our next two. Cool. Well, one of my future interviews is actually a, uh, a cave mapper in Mammoth cave. So we'll look forward to, uh, oh, cool. yeah. So, so tune in, <laughs> tune in in a few episodes and uh, yeah, you'll hear more about that too. So yeah, I mean, it's just the national park system is so amazing and, and what an awesome resource to have at our disposal. That's, that's just awesome. So, uh, yeah. so in one sentence, how would you describe the word adventure right now? Adventure is 
getting out of your comfort zone and getting into the world. Ooh, I love that. Okay. Okay. That's what adventure means to me. Okay. That's excellent. Um, so you have lots of team building experience, lots of leadership skill in your background, um, lots of training experience. Um, can you kind of walk us through, you know, I, I gave a brief intro at the beginning, but kind of mm-hmm. walk us through your experience and how those different experiences have shaped how you view adventure. Sure. Yeah. So I, if you, if you look at my life, it doesn't look like your typical adventure kid kind of life, right? Mm-hmm. My, my passions growing up were the arts and academics, um, but, but uh, summer camping experiences were really formative in my personal life and my faith. Um, so I worked in uh, kids' summer camping programs for uh, almost a decade um, as a high school student, as a college student, as a um, as a facilitator, taking you know college groups and all the way up through corporate executive groups out into the woods um, when I was a corporate trainer. Um, and so, for me, uh, the adventure experience uh, really is connected to the training experience, right? So okay. there's a, there's some people who have like have always kind of had a natural bent for outdoor adventure. They were a scout. I was not a scout. Um, they, they go out and do big trips on their own. That wasn't me until I got married. Um, so my introduction to the adventure world was through the use of adventure to, um, to shake kids out of their normal life. Yeah. And then later to shake business leaders and healthcare leaders out of their normal way of thinking. Um, and, and so I've tried to employ the principles and the, and the ethos of adventure in everything I've done, whether that was as a pastor, encouraging my congregation to, to get outside in retreats and, and activities, uh, even working at Chick-fil-A, the way I would uh, take groups through adventure experiences as a facilitator mm-hmm. is the way I train people when I worked for Chick-fil-A. So my, my adventure background is really camp and mm-hmm. training. And that really has kind of influenced the way I think about a lot of things. That's awesome. And I, I can definitely see how that ties back into your, your earlier statement about getting out of your comfort zone. I mean, that that's definitely where growth happens. And, and a lot of your experience seems to, to relate to that idea of, of sort of stepping out of that, that comfort zone for you. So that's, that's amazing. Um, so who in your life do you consider to be your mentors? Yeah. So um Boy, mentorship is a funny thing when you think you know everything. Um, <laughs> and there have been seasons of my life marked by thinking I know everything. Um, when it comes to when it comes to having an adventurous life, my wife mm-hmm. has really shaped me. My wife, uh, she, I'm the I'm the outgoing one in our pairing, but I'm also the house cat, and gotcha. she is the outdoor cat. Okay. Okay. So she has been the one that has like opened up my eyes to the fact that when we, when we think about what we're going to do as a family, it doesn't have to just be youth sports and the same beach trip every year that we can have adventures. Um, So she's really shaped me in that way. And I'm so thankful to God that she's in my life Um, in terms of just like personal growth and development, which I think is just super important. Mm -hmm. um, I've been really blessed to have some great mentors along the way when I was young um, my pastor, Matt Bowling, uh, really took me under his wing. And, and that's actually who I work for today in the, the coaching team that I work for. Um, 
and uh, later uh, as a young man and then as a young professional, a guy named David Adams, who was at one point the like uh, operations or facility manager for Camp David. He then did a whole bunch of other stuff in the Navy and then came to St. Vincent College where um, I worked for him and, and he really shaped uh, me as a professional and as a husband and is continues to shape me as a, as a father and a person. So um, probably the hardest seasons of my life have been the seasons when I did not intentionally seek a mentor. Yeah. And thought I could figure it out on my own. Those have, those have been the hardest seasons of my life when I was not under the care of a mentor. That's so important, right? I mean, that's, that's something that I've been learning in my own life too, is, is having someone to both as, you know, to, to emulate and aspire to, to, to model, but also to kind of push you out of your own comfort zone and, and to, to challenge you is so important. Um, and that's, that's a theme that uh, seems to come up a lot. So, mm-hmm. um, so along that line, I mean, uh, you know, obviously we can draw inspiration from other people in our lives, but there are other resources that we can draw from as well. So, so what are some of the most important books that you've read for sort of shaping your outlook on, on life or on adventure? Yeah. So um, two books I read early in my uh, in my like youth, mm-hmm. one was called The Great Gilly Hopkins. It's a Newbery Award winner. I probably read it when I was 11. And it's the book that opened up my heart to the adventure of parenting and foster care. Okay. Um, it's about a young girl who gets tossed around the foster care system. It's the first time I had like an emotional response to a book. Mm. Um, and so uh, for the last five years, my wife and I have been foster parents. And um, that is a uh, parenting is an adventure. Yeah. Foster parenting is a, is a kind of adventure as well. Um, and so, so that really shaped me. Um, also, uh, uh, the original version, some people are familiar with the movie cheaper by the dozen. It has yeah. nothing to do with the book though. Um, <laughs> like not, not even anything. Right. So the original, the original idea behind cheaper by the dozen, the guy, uh, his name was Frank Gilbreth. Mm-hmm. And he's got 12 kids and he studies like industrial engineering and efficiency. Mm-hmm. So he's doing all these crazy things with his kids, but he's also like doing experiments on like, what's the fastest way to brush your teeth and how can you better use bath time? So you, he would like put on German language records to teach them German yep. while they took their baths. Yep. Um, but, but that shaped me kind of like as a family person in my adulthood, um, I would say um, the book, when people are big and God is small, really mm-hmm my understanding of the fact that God is not disappointed hmm. to have made me one of his own, but that, uh, that he delights to call us his children. Hmm. Um, the book, uh, Hannah Coulter by, uh, Wendell Berry, mm-hmm. um, kindled in me, uh, a love for land and community and caused me to reflect a lot on life and death. Hmm. Um, and uh i don't know yeah those yeah i mean I, i'm a big reader i'm at like i try i set a goal every year of 52 books a year whoa <laughs> yeah i never get that's cut. oh man that's <laughs> what an what an aspirational goal though that's that's great uh, aspirational that. is a good word i'm an aspirational <laughs> adventurer <I'm> an aspirational <laughs> reader i'm an aspirational weight loss person like i have great <laughs> aspirations man that's that's um, what keeps that, that's what keeps life interesting setting that's those right yeah so, yeah um well, actually, I have a very funny memory being a kid. We, we used to live out in Iowa, and I can remember driving from Iowa to Pennsylvania to visit some family and listening to Cheaper by the Dozen um, on audiobook. Oh, yeah. And, yeah, and to this day, fun fact, my dad still uses his shower technique for efficiency, and my dad takes, like, 
record fast showers apparently works. <laughs> um but it is it is incredible like before you even realize he's taking a shower he's done and we're all like how did you do that and he's like cheaper by the dozen every every time so it's it, there, apparently there are some very helpful time saving tips in that book um so let's talk about your kids a little bit so uh you have an absolutely wonderful social media campaign uh using hashtag boy dad and hashtag girl dad uh uh-huh. which is so much fun to follow yeah. uh, so tell me a little bit about your kids and what inspired that particular approach to social media and and kind of utilizing uh that platform to to help them live the adventurous life that you're helping them live yeah, so we have uh, my wife and I have two kids. One is Bio, and he's just come downstairs. Everett, uh, I'm on a podcast. Do you want to say hi? Hey, Everett. That's Mr. Com- that's Mr. Coman's son, young Mr. Coman. Hi. Hey. Hey. Thanks do you like for. Adve- <laughs> do you like adventures, Everett? Say it out loud. No, you don't want to talk. Okay. That's, that's okay. okay. No so, um, so yeah, so we've got two. Everett's uh, five. Martha is two. Everett is bio. Martha came through foster care. Okay. Um, and so that's how God has been building our family so far. Um, we, we, you know, um, I, I think that I made kind of an error that some young Christian people make. And that is that I idolized being a dad. I had uh, a real deep burning desire to be a dad and to be a great dad. And when I didn't live up to my own expectations or when my kids haven't lived up to my expectations, I've really struggled with like anger and resentment and disappointment Mm -hmm. and um, coming to realize that coming to see that Mm -hmm. has helped me take more joy and more pleasure in my children because it's just shown me my own heart and it's taught me how to kind of reset my expectations. So my hashtag boy, dad, girl, dad are just ways that I really try to delight in my kids to when I get home to take a deep breath, to shed the work day and to come in and, and bring energy that, that my beloved wife needs uh, me to bring to kind of lift them off of her to play, to be silly. Um, and, and so for me, it's a reminder, like of my own frailty as a dad, like, sure. I, I didn't think I was an angry person. I didn't think I was a selfish person until I had kids. Hmm. Um, I didn't think I'd ever wipe poop off on my jeans from my hand, <laughs> but then you become a dad and all yeah. of your standards change. Fair enough. <laughs> um, Fair enough. Yeah. So that's, that's why I use that hashtag. I just, I like to, I like to see what other dads are doing and I like to just, I'd like to choose to find joy in my kids, even when I'm personally like thinking, Oh, it could be better. This should be this way. That kind of thing. Well, as a, as one of your followers, it, it, it really, to me, it, it's amazing to watch because it, it, it reminds me of sort of the ideal childhood. And it's, it's, it's so cool to see because you, your kids are, it's to me again, it, experiencing experiencing real life and and they're they're getting you know they're they're going out and doing things and they're they're getting scraped knees and you know but that's okay and that's real life and and it just seems like you you've really set up a really cool environment for them where they can be kids and and be free to explore and discover and grow um and challenge themselves there's that theme again um absolutely i mean yeah it's amazing yeah one of the things that i love to capture is when my kids do really cool things or really hard things. So we really, we really do try to expose them to um, as many good and healthy things, particularly like 
like stack the wood yourself, build the fire yourself. Uh, you can flip yourself upside down on that swing set. I don't care if you're two, you can figure it out. Um, Kathy Keller, Tim Keller's wife once mm-hmm. said that her parenting philosophy was benign neglect. And I love that. <laughs> That's tried, great. I've tried to adopt that to, to a degree, but I will also say that like, isn't that the danger of social media though, mm. that, that we present kind of this idealized. So we, we really do like the things we try to present and we're not like influencers or anything like that. We're just trying to capture and remember fun things, but the things we present on social media are idealized, but I could also hashtag my son's face when he looks at me, when I'm angry at him and I could hashtag that boy, dad. And that reminds me how to love my son. Well, because I don't ever want him to, to make that scared face when I'm angry and I could hashtag, you know, the, (laughs) I actually have like a bleeding scratch on my neck tonight from my daughter. (laughs) I could hashtag that girl, dad, because, because those things are just as much, Hmm. about being a dad as like the the fun stuff that we really want to portray you know yeah absolutely so how has that changed your approach to how has having kids changed your approach to how you plan and execute adventures so has there been an impact on on sort of the the types of adventures you go on or where you choose to go um, with kids yeah, so being really shaped by the camp culture, mm-hmm. um, we we kind of had family in mind as we started to be adventurers. So we were we as a couple were never like the cross country multi night hiker people. Mm-hmm. I think we will be at some point, but we're not there yet. Um, but the other thing, but the thing that is true of us that might not be true of some families is we've just chosen to go and do it. Mm-hmm. So like we were fostering Martha, we didn't know if she was going to ever come home to our house. And we signed up to go to family camp and she ended up coming home to our house. And so we went to family camp with a four month old mm-hmm. and, and slept in a rustic uninsulated cabin and just chose to do it. Right. Mm-hmm. So we, same thing with camping. I mean, we, we've had really bad experiences. We went sure. camping once and Martha, it ended up, she had an ear infection, but we didn't know. Mm-hmm. And my wife had to literally walk around. I mean, I offered, to do it but like one of us had to stay with one kid one of us had to go the, with the other she basically had to carry her for like four hours in the middle of the night or she oh, wouldn't or maybe wouldn't calm down so like it hasn't it hasn't been all roses sure sure <laughs> but i think our philosophy has been we can do this let's just go let's just yeah. do it yeah maybe we come home a day early like we've had a couple trips where we came home a day early because yeah. we're like you know what we're at the end of our rope but we did it. We got outside. We saw a bear. Great. Yep. Let's go home. Yep. That's awesome. And, and I love that. I've, there are many different definitions to adventure. One of the ones that I've heard is, you know, adventure starts when something goes wrong. And, oh, nice. Uh, <laughs> it's, it's so true to, to some extent, though. And, and, you know, you're right. You do have to just try and, and anticipate that not everything is going to be sunshine and roses. And, and that's okay. It's just good to get outside of your comfort zone. So, well, and it becomes like, it comes down to like, what do you believe? Like, do mm-hmm. you believe that being outside that experiencing all kinds of weather that unplugging from technology if you really believe that those are good and healthy things Mm -hmm. then you just you just have to go do them and and i'm not like trying to say we do them well i'm Mm -hmm. as addicted to my phone as the next person Um, i'm aware of it but but i you know um and and so i think it's it the thing that pushes us to do it is that kind of firmly held belief that this is good for the soul. Being cold mm-hmm. is good for the soul. Being mm-hmm. wet is good for the soul. Mm-hmm. Doing things that 
aren't normal are good for the soul. So mm -hmm. let's just go do it. So can you, with that in mind, can you offer some advice to other parents, either either new or or veteran parents that <laughs> uh, to to help them achieve that? That might be afraid to take that step. Um, you know, how can they how can they become active and adventurous, and and if they choose to be? Yeah. Okay. So that's a great question. I mean, the first thing I would say is set your expectations right. Okay. So like a good first adventure step for a family is to go to a campground. Don't pick a super crazy rustic uh, unplugged campground, go to like a Yogi bear jellystone campground that has a water park, right? right. Like manageable. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. And, and then set your expectations. Like your kids are going to be dirty. You're not going to get them clean. Mm -hmm. You're all going to smell like campfire. Mm -hmm. You're not going to sleep great the first night or the second night or probably the third night. Mm -hmm. So, so kind of reset your expectations. I think that's one thing. The second thing is like, um, be willing to not do what everyone else is doing. Mm -hmm. um, now, right now, particularly during like Corona tide, the national parks are booming i mean they've they, the national parks have been seeing a huge uptick in visitors over the last few years but um but like you can you can spend a few thousand bucks on a beach vacation for a family of four mm -hmm. or you can spend like just under a grand driving and tent camping or we we sometimes we pull our 1984 jayco pop-up camper that we oh, i'm jealous it is, <laughs> it is like held together with duct tape those are the best kinds <laughs> yeah oh it's so good <laughs> i when i sleep in it you know on a pop-up the beds go out beyond the edges yeah of the i sleep on like the part that is like as close <laughs> To the actual frame of the pop-up is possible. I won't go sleep on the because I'm afraid of breaking it. Um, oh man! Yeah. yeah. So I was. Yeah. So set your expectations right. Make make choices to like ease yourself into adventurous stuff, and don't be afraid to do the things that other people aren't doing in your mm -hmm. peer group. Like, be willing to be the weird ones that go hiking in the mountains instead of sitting on a beach for a week. Um, it's it's. I mean, be outdoor adventure by and large for a family of limited means outdoor adventure and by and large is a much more affordable trip yeah. uh, ca a nice cabin in the mountains is is way more affordable than uh uh you know a semi uh, a, a, a semi nice beach house so yeah. you know be, just be willing to break the norm awesome that's fantastic advice and, and i think there's so many great resources now with with things like airbnb and you know mm -hmm. other other apps you can can tap where you know oh, yeah the, the all trails app if you're yeah. an app person the yep. all trails app is a great app yep. for taking your family hiking be careful though because i convinced our whole family on the day after christmas in north carolina two years ago to go on a hike that i found on all trails but i oh, misread man. the math i thought it was a two mile loop it was <laughs> four and a half mile loop. oh man I thought everyone was going to kill me. My wife, still, my wife is the adventurer of the two of us. She still rolls her eyes when I bring up that hike. I'm like, it was that's, so beautiful. That's awesome. That is awesome. So I'm a major gearhead. I have to ask a couple of obligatory yeah. gear questions just because just I'm, I'm massively curious. What is sure. the number one most helpful piece of gear that you have when it comes to adventuring with kids? What, what can you just absolutely not do without? Right. Um, the first thing is the Tula. So there are lots of different baby carriers out there. The Tula 
um, is basically like a seatbelt around your waist and backpack straps over your shoulders. It is, they, they are, I mean, you can probably get nicer ones, but like the base level Tula is basically just a big piece of canvas and your kid is the backpack. So it's, it travels well, it compacts well. Um, I'm a big dude and I can wear the Tula. My wife uh, wears it. Um, when we go hiking and I have the backpack and she has a kid on her back, everyone's like, oh my gosh, she's so great. And I'm like, yeah, she is. Uh, but if I put the kid on my back, they're like, why does that guy's belly look like it's being squeezed through a sieve? <laughs> oh, it's because I have that belt on and the, and the kids are hanging off my back. Um, we have two Tulas. We've got a, a an infant size one and we've got a toddler size one. And so um, we've done, you know, with our kids, we've done four and five mile hikes. And my son, this, this last year going to Shenandoah National Park, I think he did like three miles on foot, but on those longer wow. hikes, even he needs to get up on a backpack or get up on sure. my shoulders. Sure. So the tool is fantastic. And we love that. Our, our, our pop-up camper, that's a piece of gear. I, I suppose. Absolutely. Absolutely. We love, it is. <laughs> we love our pop-up. It, it's an eyesore, but it is fantastic. It, it was our, our in-laws gifted it to us. So that's they're, awesome. they're great uh, for that. And probably the other thing that we really love I'm just trying to think. Um, we haven't found a good mountain pie maker. Mm, uh, it's so hard. Point. They're so cheap anymore when you buy them at the store. So we're looking for yeah. a good mountain pie maker. Okay. Um, yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, it may, maybe it sounds weird, but I think the Tula, as a from particularly from a parenting perspective, the Tula is the best piece of gear. Okay. Uh, that okay. we've that we've, we've acquired. So you're packing you're you're packing one one kid in the Tula at least it sounds like and then you have a backpack and you're packing for four in a backpack. Any tips for packing well in a backpack when you're packing for multiple people? Mm, yeah. So what I would say is your kids can do more than you think they can. Ooh, good advice. Okay. So, yep. So, uh, particularly with water, have your kids carry their own water. I think that's a good a good way to lighten the load a little bit. Mm. Um, wear layers so that you don't have to pack as much in the pack itself. Uh, I always choose to underdress because I get hot so fast. So, so we save a little bit of space that way when we go on big long hikes, and then um, uh, choose choose snacks that can like be like uh disposed of in in biodegradably safe ways so we we often pack a lot of fruit because it means the pack is heavy on the way out but we usually stop two times on a long long hike mm -hmm. uh and we chow down on a bunch of fruit and that lightens the load on the way back so cool. those are a couple of things from like from parenting and adventure that we do to cool. to to keep it keep it going Awesome. Thank you for mentioning the, the biodegradable aspect. If you're new to adventure, leave no trace, look it up. That's right. <laughs> Everyone has leave no he is a junior ranger. If you have kids, go to the national parks, go to the park desk and be like, hi, I have a child. He'd like to become a junior ranger. They'll, give them, they'll give them a curriculum. They'll do like five or six activities. Uh, if they do all their activities, they come back, they meet a ranger. The ranger swears them in, they get a badge. That's amazing. Um, oh yeah. And so my, my five-year-old knows that when we go hiking ever, what do we do? We leave no... That's right. That's we awesome. No trace when we nice. go hiking. Nice. Uh, that is awesome. How many patches do you have? I think you have five Junior Ranger badges. Whoa, that's impressive. Uh huh. That's right. We. Nice. I mean, it's it's. There's so much to do. Oh gosh, I, I could talk about the national parks forever. But like, if if you have kids, go to a national park and find about out about the ranger programs. Yeah. Because national park rangers 
are just like some of the most amazing people in the world. We've been on fever hikes. We've been down, uh, you know, uh, uh, looking at um, uh, tide pools on the Hatteras shore. I mean, we've just, everywhere we go, we find national park rangers and we go to ranger programs because there's just so much to learn. Yeah. It's an, it's an amazing resource and it's just incredible. And and Mm -hmm. so few people know about it. So that's, that's awesome. What is, um, it's a little bit different approach. What is Uh one luxury item that you always take with you camping that you just cannot do without? Oh yeah. Um, we take wine. (laughs) (laughs) Good call. (laughs) That's excellent. excellent. Yeah. I mean, it's getting harder as the kid. Well, when the kids were really young, it, we kind of lost it, but, uh, when, now that they're a little bit older to sit outside the camper at night and first each to just have a glass of wine and talk while the kids are sleeping in the camper or something like that, that's, that's a luxury. And so, uh, yeah, take a, take a, take those travel size bottles of wine. That's a, that's a good solid. I love it. I love it. Uh, do you have a gear wish list? And if so, what's on it? Oh, great question. Um, so the back, the backpacks we use, we actually don't have like, um, like an overnight what do you call them you know yeah uh, what's the word i'm looking for like a weekend pack or, or like yeah yeah like like a, like a substantial mm-hmm. like like trail hiking backpack so mm-hmm. we, we don't have one of those right now and as the kids get older we're really hoping to do um more uh, more of that kind of thing um i just got a really great pair of hiking boots this year mm-hmm. that i've been on my wish list for a while doesn't that make a um, huge difference <laughs> oh my gosh it makes- <laughs> Well, and I have bad joints, like my family is cursed with bad joints. And so for me to be able to hike with a little less trepidation with those nice, with that nice stability, um, that's been fantastic. I think my wish list, man, is not gear related. It's experience related. Like there's a lot of places that we want to go and that we want to see. So and um, that is a healthy way to be. I, I, that's, <laughs> that's excellent. I, uh, I just, I have a, a deep and sincere love of gear. So sometimes I get, I get caught up on that and don't, <laughs> don't let gear stop you from going on adventure. Oh, if, you're, yeah. if you're listening to this and you're trying to decide if, it, you know, if, if you are up for an adventure, it, you know, nice hiking boots are great and they will make your experience more comfortable, but they will not uh-huh. stop you from having a good experience. So don't yeah. let that stop you. Um, so Alan, what is, uh, obviously you're super busy. You've got a ton of things going on. Um, and, and you've had some really amazing experiences. What is something, what is a hobby that you've always wanted to pick up, but haven't picked up yet? Is there a new adventure that you've thought about taking? Yeah, that's a great question. I, I realized a couple of years ago that I didn't really have any hobbies. I, I, I go by that Truett Cathy. I don't know if Truett Cathy is the first one to say it, but I've heard it. I read him. He, he said once, if you love what you do, you'll never work a day in your life. Mm-hmm. And so I've been, for the most part in my life, blessed with jobs that I love, but that often means that I, I work, 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 work. And so um, I would say I have tried a couple times to take up watercolor. Mm. Um, oh, how cool. Leanne, yeah. Leanne will, um, she'll take photos of things we see in nature and then she'll kind of nature journal. So she'll kind of mm write about it she'll draw it she'll watercolor them and i've always just admired her gift for that so i tried watercolor a few years ago and didn't really stick Um, i'm not really a great visual arts person but that's kind of something that i've had in my head um honestly like journaling um 
I, a couple of years back, we'd just gone through a pretty hard season of our life. Mm. And I took a journal with me and we went to the Smoky Mountains mm. and to Pisgah National Forest. Oh, uh, that's such an awesome place. Oh, <laughs> oh his, I, we've been back there twice. I, I could, I could spend, I could go to Pisgah National Forest every year. In fact, I just went this year. Um, but, uh, but I wrote a lot in my journal on that trip. And so if I could get into kind of that, I don't know if it's a hobby or a habit, but that's a habit I would like to pick up is just being a little more reflective and, and that sort of thing. My, my big habit was board games. And as my mm. son gets older, I love introducing him to new games. And so nice. chess and we've been playing guess who and a couple others. Nice. So nice. Pandemic was one of my favorites for a long time, but that's a little too close to home right now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So tell me a little bit about your experience at Ligonier Camping Conference Center. You spent 10 years yeah. there and, it's, and I know that was a, a formative part of, of your life and your experience, but I, I also just want to highlight the organization a little bit because it is an incredible yeah. place. So tell us a little bit about LCCC and what you did there um, for those who may not be acquainted. Sure. Yeah. So first, like, let me, let me just say like summer camping uh, for kids, kids summer camps are a worthwhile endeavor, particularly the kind of camps where we would call maybe like classic summer camps where mm-hmm. it's not like, um, I mean, it's fine to do sports camps and drama camps and debate camp and all that sort of thing, but to go to a camp that is just kind of that classic summer camp experience where you're going to get a little bit of arts and crafts and you're going to play soccer for a little bit, but you're also going to go caving or you're going to climb the tower or you're going to jump off the pamper jump, you know, um, which they call the pamper jump because sometimes you poop your pants up there. I was going to ask. (laughs) um they also have a vomit comet there's kind of a theme that goes with that one Um, that one earned its name as well yeah i'm sure uh so so giving kids the classic summer camp experience i think is really important i'm a i'm a christian and the 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 lord used summer camps in my life um first to show me that it was important to take my faith seriously Hmm. um and then as a young adult i started working at ligonier camping conference center which is in ligonier pa in the laurel highlands um, that's where I really first experienced like a community mm. working together on a particular mission uh, with friendship, love, and discipleship. I really think that when churches are really healthy, that's how they function. They function like a community on mission together, trying to advance the kingdom of God. Um, so I really learned about that uh, working for Ligonier Camp and Conference Center. Ligonier offers lots of different camps, but I mean, their, their signature program is their classic summer camp. Kids are going to get an adventure, a couple of adventure experiences throughout the week. They're going to um, build great relationships with a group of eight or nine kids that they live with and a counselor who's really going to invest in them. Mm-hmm. The camp hires uh, really high quality young men and women uh, in, uh, of college age, kind of, you know, 18 to 24 to really invest in kids um, over the summer. Uh, Ligonier is where I really learned the importance of um, of challenging yourself. We used to, I think it's probably fallen out of favor, but we used to talk about your green zone is where you're comfortable, where you're safe. Your red zone is where you know, you're panicking and you can't function anymore. But your yellow zone is where you're uncomfortable, but that's where you learn and grow. And mm-hmm. so the purpose of adventure is to get you into your yellow zone so that you you get a little uncomfortable and you learn something about who you are and and what you're capable of and what the world uh you know how the world works and so whether that's 
on a climbing tower or in a canoe, everyone's yellow zone is different. Mm -hmm. Um, So going back to that whole like advice for people that want to become more adventurous, figure out your yellow zone and go get in it. Absolutely. Yeah. That's that's what I would say. I, uh, I learned about the green, yellow and and red zones from adventure service. So that must be a very common theme Mm. in in the camp, uh, the camp circle, the the ministry circle. My son, my son, Lord willing in 2021, will get his first, overnight camp experience they do have a like a two-night camp for young 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 children and so we're prayerfully thinking that we might send him this year i don't know he'll have to want to go sure sure we'll we'll see how that goes fair enough so obviously your faith is a really important aspect of your life um how does that impact your adventure mindset and your approach to adventure sure um i i i kind of workshopped this phrase a couple years ago that i think represents an answer to that question um little sinners need a little savior with a little bit of grace to bring them into an insignificant relationship with uh, a fairly, you know, manageable God to do, uh, you know, small things in a small kingdom. Hmm. But big sinners need a big savior with enormous amounts of grace to bring them into a life encompassing relationship with an omnipotent God to do amazing things in an eternal kingdom that is advancing. Hmm. Um, To me, the Christian life is an invitation to an adventure. It's an invitation out of the ordinary story and an invitation into the story of the kingdom of light that is fighting against the kingdom of darkness um, that is fighting against injustice and wrong and hatred and evil and fighting for love and kindness and patience and good. Um, it's an invitation out of like, we're, we're in the middle uh, at one more, well, I know this is going to air at some other point, but we're kind of recording this in the middle of the American election season. Mm-hmm. Um, it's an invitation out of, of kind of the American politic and into the kingdom of Jesus and, and under the kingship of Jesus. Um and so for me, like the invitation to the Christian life is an invitation to a new adventure. My One of my favorite phrases from, it's so trite, right, to quote uh, C.S. Lewis, but man, he, the, the guy just lands it every time. Mm-hmm. And in um, the book, The Last Battle, as the Jesus figure Aslan leads the throng of people into what is kind of essentially the new kingdom, the the recreated kingdom they're they're charging up this hill and rather than depleting their energy they're building energy and they're more and more excited and the cry goes up further up and further in and further up and further in Hmm. and to me like that's the marriage of 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 a sense of adventure in the christian life you're invited into something further up and further in so Hmm. i love that that is absolutely fantastic and thank you for sharing that's that's excellent cool um, so my next question is just a, a fun one uh, that yeah. I, I like asking people. Uh, I don't, I'm sure at some point with some interview, someone way less type A than me is going to give me grief for labeling people. But it, it has been my experience in life <laughs> that there are mountain people and there are beach uh-huh. people. Uh, everyone seems to have a preference. If you had to choose one, you would have a, you would have a choice. Uh-huh. Uh, which are you and why? Yeah, I, I was raised a beach person. Okay. Um, but have become, uh, yeah, I mean, like our, yes, I, I would say that on paper, I'm definitely a mountain person because okay. Okay. we enough. have 
but only because like we're kind of pushing against like well i was always a beach person so there's so many mountains to explore let's go explore some mountains gotcha gotcha there's no wrong answer that then and that's yeah that's, i mean like you also perfect. like you also can't beat like a good uh eggs benedict with crab cakes and a mimosa on a pier <laughs> in jacksonville Florida. like sure you can <laughs> I guess you can do it like on like champagne. Okay, great. Okay. So, Alan, what's the next adventure that you have planned? What are you doing next? Yeah. So, um, in my professional life, I'm in the process of transitioning um, from full time working for a nonprofit to uh, going back into the Chick Fil A world. Okay. Um, I'm partnering. Uh, I'll be working for a, an amazing operator who's really thoughtful and intentional whose desire is to make a brighter Washington. Washington PA is the place where he has his store. Mm -hmm. And so the adventure there will be, you know, how do we as a for-profit entity that serves fried chicken, make the community a a more beautiful, better place? How do Mm -hmm. we encourage uh, our neighbors and serve them well? That's just not how most for-profit enterprises think. And that's how Chick-fil-A thinks. So um, we're in the middle of selling our house. We're moving across the city and we're going to kind of um, be doing two things at once. Uh, the working for the nonprofit for coaching with churches, but then also doing some work with Chick-fil-A and um, slinging some chicken. So that's a professional adventure. Our next family adventure. We are, uh, like I said, this summer we're planning. Um, the plan was originally mammoth cave hot springs and then drive up to st louis to do uh gateway arches which is one of the newest official national parks right Mm -hmm. so in the in the national parks world there's like the national parks but then there's like the historic sites and then there's like the forest there's a whole bunch of different subsets but like the national parks i think i could be wrong about this but gateway arches was just added as an official national park um they kind of like graduated to national park status so um so that was supposed to be our next adventure with covid we're not exactly sure Sure. what that's going to look like um at the very least we'll uh get out to cuyahoga national park in uh south of cleveland in ohio and short of that we'll go back into the woods uh Pile state park in southwestern pa has great hiking beautiful waterfalls i'm a big believer in the magical powers of cold water Mm -hmm. And so uh, to go swim in Cucumber Falls a little bit would be a great adventure when uh, when things get warmer. Um, but winter is coming here. In it Western is. Bay. It is. Um, and so I am. Uh, I really Ben. I really struggle with being an adventurer when winter comes. When winter comes. <laughs> I just want to like shut down. Um, <laughs> I hear you. I hear you completely. <laughs> but my wife read a book this year called No Such Thing as Bad Weather. And it's like about how women in Scandinavia raise their children to be cold-blooded or something. So <laughs> I have heard there is uh, there's no such thing as bad weather, but there is such a thing as inappropriate layers. So, <laughs> um, yeah. so that, that's the next adventure is to figure out for this person that does not like the cold how to find adventure in the winter. That'll be the next year. Fair enough. Yep. That's been a big life lesson for me too, being in upstate New York. There's, there's about a foot of of snow on the ground from about right about now until uh, April. (laughs) So it's, it's a challenge. It's definitely a challenge, but uh, so how can, can viewers and and listeners uh, follow your adventure? Great. Yeah. I mean, you can find us at, um, you know, we're, you can find us on Facebook or Instagram. Uh, Edwards AE1 is the social media tag uh, that I use most frequently. Follow my wife. My wife uh, is a big, we're big devoted fans of um, Charlotte Mason and uh, kind of the 
in some sense like the wild and free homeschooling movement and so we she's always posting stuff about the adventures our kids are having in the dirt and the mud and the pond and the river um and so that's a good way to find us yeah so social media hashtag boy dad hashtag girl dad that's a good place to find us perfect 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 well alan thank you so much for your time i really appreciate it this has been great and uh i hope you have a a really great rest of your week and uh may your next adventure be blessed Oh, thanks, Ben. You too, brother. Be well. Take care. Thank you for listening to my conversation with Alan. If you enjoyed this episode, please tell your friends. That's going to be the best way to support the podcast for right now. I will be setting up a Patreon account soon. The dream would be to spend more of my time doing this and be able to support myself that way. Uh, Right now, I have a full-time job that I'm working around, which can make scheduling difficult. I'm going to try and be as consistent as I can with getting content out. I ask that you be patient with me as I work around other things going on in my life. Don't give up on me. Uh, Check back often. Uh, In the meantime, if you have any suggestions for future guests, uh, please email me at elementsofadventurepodcast at gmail.com. I'm also looking for a logo. So if you have talent in uh, the art field, the art industry, let me know. I could also use an intro and outro song. So if you're talented musically and want to get your work out there, please reach out to me as well at elementsofadventurepodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for being here and I'll see you next time. Take care.